Hooray for Hollywood, starring Tom Johnson and hosted by Modern Times Magazine, the podcast featuring the backbone of the California film industry. And now, here's Tom. Our guest today on Hooray for Hollywood is Chris Cox, a voiceover artist who, starting in around 1997, has lent his prodigious pipes to dozens of episodes of one of my favorite shows, Seth MacFarlane's animated Family Guy on TV. In fact, he does George Bush and Ryan Seacrest like you wouldn't believe. They're two of his impressions on Family Guy. Uh, Chris has also done vocal work on dozens of other shows, including American Dad and Justice League Unlimited, and quite a few video games. And we just want to welcome Chris to the podcast. Hey, Chris. Hey. Thank you very much for that for that wonderful one. i got to live up to that now, huh? Well, you know, you don't necessarily well, I already have to, did all. I already did all that, so I guess I lived through it. Why do I have to live up to what I've already lived through? See, there you go. Perfect. I'll, I'll, I'm going to diagram that and get back to you when I figure out what exactly you just said. I, I, I don't know. Hey, buddy, how did you get started in the VO biz? I mean, that's something that, I mean, it's sort of this, I don't know, maybe a Rubik's Cube with a lot of people I've talked to over the years. They they think it's one of the potentially greatest gigs to ever get, but they are clueless about getting it. And you're one of the few people I know that, you know, makes a good living doing it. So, Yeah, it's, uh, it's a question I get often is, uh, um, how did you get in? I'll give you um, my quick spiel. Uh, you already mentioned, basically, um, uh, I, I was doing some voiceover in 1997, but my official entree into the um, into the field was 99, okay. and that was and that was when I got an audition uh, for Family Guy, a show that I had never I, I didn't I'd never heard of it because it was like brand new. They had yeah. sort of I think a they almost had like a half season that they aired, I think the summer of 99. Mm-hmm. And then it was sort of, you know, like test this out. Seth had done a experimental uh, pilot um, for it, you know, on, on about, I think, 50,000 bucks or so, something around there. Okay. And, uh, and, and they said, we like this. And so they called me in to do Paul Reiser, of all people. And they needed a Paul Reiser impression. <laughs> And at that point, you know, Paul Reiser was the biggest. He was the biggest star. People knew him. They knew who he was. They knew Helen Hunt. They knew Matt about you. And so I went in and I did it. And oh, that's what I did. Paul Reiser. And I said, I am. I am him. He is me. We are one. We are the walrus. Let's get this done. Um, so, so I did that. And then that was like that's how I sort of transitioned into getting an agent. And you know, and it was an. E- I will say this. It was an easier time back then uh to get in to get your foot in the door you know it's just exploded in the last 10 years uh in particular as people have become more aware mm-hmm. of just what it is i mean people i mean including myself i knew there was a a field uh, you know called voiceover but and, and i even had in college i kind of put together a very rudimentary demo but to be honest even i wasn't really fully aware until I moved out here and I was interning at a trailer company, and these guys would come in with these booming voices, including the legendary, now deceased, Don LaFontaine. Oh, yeah, and he did a lot of those I, movie voices. Oh, yeah. Right. yeah he in a world like, or whatever. Yeah. In, in a world where one man and one woman fight <laughs> the forces of evil. It was that kind of thing, you know. <laughs> um, he never uttered that line. That's a horrible movie. No one wants to see that. Um, but he and all these guys would come in. They were real characters. And I just thought, wow, these guys are making their bread just going around mic to mic, 
And I thought that seems like a that seems like a good deal, and that that sort of was that sparked my interest in understanding that it was more than just you know sort of doing a cartoon or or saying you know live from Channel Four News, you know it was it was yeah. a bunch of different areas you could you could uh, make a living off of, and so yeah. there you go. Yeah. No, did you, when you uh, went in for the uh, Family Guy audition, was uh, Seth MacFarlane there, the creator of it, or what? so? He, here's what's really funny about the Family Guy audition. So, I actually in '97, my 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 breakthrough moment in all of showbiz, I guess you'd say, I did a short film called Swing Blade. It's a great one. A, I've seen it. Yeah, <laughs> it was a parody of Swingers, and yep. thank you. It was a parody parody of Swingers and Swing Blade, and then immediately you know, just like rocketed me and my writing partner into the into the stream, as it were. We were like salmon all of a sudden just, you know, flying along. And around. I mean, we, really, like, uh, we were like, what's going on? We couldn't believe the, 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 the cannon fodder. Um, but, but there we were, and we got, a, we got a writing agent, a literary agent at UTA. And that was the only representation that we had. And so... He was the point person when the casting director for Family Guy was looking for me because she had seen a little subsequent video we did that was sort of a follow-up to Swing Blade where I did a Paul Reiser impression. And so she was she was one of them. She's amazing. Her name is Linda LaMontagne. She was the casting director for Family Guy for many years. And she, you know, did her research, found this tape somehow. And, I mean, this is the only time I have auditioned, <laughs> maybe like one other time in my career, but this was a very prestigious one, but didn't know it at the time. So I went into a conference room, got on speaker with the whole writing staff, including oh, wow. Seth. And I was standing there, and I suppose it was probably good that I didn't fully know exactly the whole scene. You know, I was kind of new, and so I otherwise I might have had a little bit of nervousness. I wasn't nervous. I just went right into it, my Paul Reiser. And then, you know, they immediately burst out into laughter, and I thought, oh, this is a good sign. And then that was it. You know, that off wow. to the races from there. Yeah. Wow. So I never actually saw him. I got the part without seeing him. <laughs> wow. Well, which begs the question, uh, have you ever run into him since? I mean, he's been on the show for very consistently for oh, many yeah. years. I mean, I'm yeah. I'm assuming your paths have crossed at some point, you know. Uh, oh, yeah. No, in the early years, I mean, I, really, there was a gap in the show. So so when you, when you in the early years when you went in, I mean, uh, it was Seth. In 2004, I want to say, maybe even 2003, it got canceled because Fox, they kept moving it around, moving it around for whatever reason. They never gave it a chance to get its footing. And then when it went into uh, the DVD realm, it exploded. And I can tell you, I remember vividly, I went in for a video game on, uh, or a video game gig that I was doing, and the sound engineer was had it up on his big screen, which is, you know, you, you go into a place where they do looping and so forth. They have a big, like, you know, almost like, you know, like a movie, like a film screen. He right. was projecting Family Guy on there, and, and, and you just get a feel sometimes. I went, if this guy's watching this and cracking up, he's he's every man, you know what I mean? Yeah, I, right. I just extrapolated. I was like, this thing must really be doing well. And, and I mean, by God, two years later, boom. Not only did they bring him back, they just showered him <laughs> laughing yeah. with like, hey, you can have American Dad, you got Family Guy, here's $100 million, do whatever the hell you want. Because <laughs> they couldn't deny the numbers. It was undeniable, you know? Yeah. It was yeah. like they, they finally caught up to what the audience already knew back when it first aired, that this show was a real revolutionary, 
show that had a really specific voice, and of course Seth gives voice to the main characters and does right. an amazing job. He's an amazing voice actor in and of, of itself, and yeah. you know, in addition to being a great writer, and, and now he's on camera on The Orville. Yeah, The Orville, right? Hey, um, when you're when you're doing a new character, how does or do you decide, or the director decides? what the character sounds like? Do you kind of come up with your own slant on it, like an actor would or whatever, and then maybe the director says, I want this or that, or temper it, or how does that work? It, it, it can kind of be both. In other words, you, you often will, you, you get the part because you made a choice when you're auditioning that was a choice they, they liked. I mean, uh, I'll give you, I'll give you a, a good example. So for Skylanders, the video game, Series of which there were, gosh, so many iterations. They, they it was so popular. They they kept making new games, seemed like every year for a while. Mm -hmm. I I played the character of Glumshanks, and the, the description sort of kind of seemed to me that he was sort of like a Jeff Goldblum type of character. They may have even referenced him, and so I've always done a Jeff Goldblum, but I wanted it to be different. So I kind of pulled him into a different realm, and um and I and I got the gig. They never touched it. Like when I went in, that's what it was. You know, it was like, really? uh, you know, yeah, Bob, uh, sir, I don't know if that's uh, such a good idea, sir. Now you can hear that that's not really Jeff Goldblum. No, Jeff not Goldblum not a hundred percent, but there's a no, little bit no. there. A little bit, yeah, a little bit. Jeff Goldblum was like, um, here's chaos, and uh, yeah, uh, you know, uh, you have all these tiny particles are floating around, and suddenly you're Brundle fly. Uh -huh. mm, very good. Um, so. You know, but I pulled it lower and I kind of slowed it down because he was more just kind of like, you know, a slow plotting. He was he's basically the, you know, the put-upon sidekick of this evil, you know, actually his name's Chaos in the video game. And so they didn't touch it. But what will happen other times is you'll get the audition, especially in commercials, this will happen. You'll get the audition using a certain take or cadence, and then you'll get in and you'll just start playing with it, you know. And then, and then the third thing that will happen, and this is really fun. You'll go in for a cartoon or a video game. You'll play the character that you auditioned for, and then they'll throw characters at you because they can get up to like three characters out of you uh, when you're in there, three or four, whatever. Um, and so then they'll just go, hey, we also want you to play this, this you know, sentry at the gates of Mordor or whatever, you know. And suddenly, you know, what are you playing at all? And you're like, I stole over there. What are you doing over there? And they're like, Okay, now you need to play like you know a more like one of the elves. You're like, Gandalf, we must rescue them. You know, what I mean? so you're like you have to come up with, you know, you have to kind of be you have to be light on your feet because those yeah. things do happen. It's not just what you did when you were sitting at home or at the agency. It's what it's when you get in the booth, you got to be ready. And, you know, and yeah. that's kind of what what separates the the big boys out is it, yeah you, know, you got to extemporize, extemporize yep. and just be ready for anything and and whatever vocal yep. inflection you got to be able to somehow you got to be do, able to do it and, yeah. and sometimes and sometimes you know uh, improving is also highly um, suggested it depend again depending on the genre if you're on a commercial for the most part they're going to want you to read the copy because that copy has been approved by the clients mm -hmm. it's been it's been you know loved and, and shepherded along by the writers and producers of the spot so that's not really where it happens as much, but like in video games, I've improvised a lot of stuff, and then and then the animation to a lesser extent. But it, it is something that they they appreciate because you you're bringing a character um, to life, and sometimes you will get in the zone and you'll have a handle on the way a character would say something, even 
more than the writer, you right. know, not to disrespect the writer. I'm a writer myself. I love it when actors improvise on my stuff. I'm like, do it. You know? Yeah. yeah. I know what that's about. You know? Yeah. Now, uh, when you're in the same room, are you ever in the same room with other actors when you do a scene? Or is it all kind of looped in? Uh, do you go in there sort of solo into the booth and do your thing, and then it's looped into the you know, into whatever scene is, say with Meg, or if there's a Meg thing, or, uh, you know. Family Guy, is, Family Guy is, uh, is um, almost entirely, I mean, it is, I have, it's, I'm going to give a few exceptions to you in a second, but that's, you go in, you walk in, what is one of the kind of coolest booths in town, what they did is they have a office up in you know uh, on an upper floor of a of an office building mm-hmm. and they they have this metal it, it, it's almost like it looks like what you would use if you were doing industrial testing of like a car <laughs> you know and you wanted to you wanted to see the acoustic and in fact i think that's kind of the the basic structure of those things because they do that you know in, in industrial uh, uh, um, places have, you know, these kind of things. So it, it's different. You know, you go into other places and it's usually like this, oh, it's wood and carpeting and it's, you know, it's a little bit hippie or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, like there'll be like a, you know, a tapestry. I don't know. Um, uh, so <laughs> I, I'm really going far with that. Um, so you walk into there and you're alone. Okay. But here's what I will say. There were uh, several times over the years when Seth was still d- directing. He doesn't direct anymore. He's um, he's, you know, he's got so much other stuff going on. He doesn't direct um, the episodes there when you go in. He, he uh, doesn't direct the voiceover part because there's also an animation director that does just the visual. Right. So that's a separate thing. So when I say director, I have to delineate because I don't want to disrespect that there is an animation side that's directing sure. and then uh, the vocal side. But the, the executive producers uh, are the ones that do it. Uh, Rich Appel is one of the executive producers now, you know. He's been doing it for a few years. And so I'll go in there alone. I'll have my lines. They will read with me. Mm-hmm. In other words, they will play Peter sometimes. Okay. And it's funny because they'll, they'll kind of do their imitation of Peter as they're doing it. You know what I mean? <laughs> and, they're, and they're, listen, they're fantastic. But, you know, it, you just, you really appreciate like Seth is Seth. And yeah. when Seth does Peter, that's Peter. Yeah. Um, I had the pleasure a few times over the years of actually Seth would come in the booth with me and we would go back and forth. With him as as Peter, and then I would do whatever character I was doing, and it was always fun. It was fun to interact with him there live on the mic. Mm-hmm. Now, cartoons that are more uh, like cable cartoons, I'm sure some network cartoons uh, perform in the round. But for instance, I'm in a show called Lost in Oz, which is on Amazon. It's a really wonderful uh, children's uh, cartoon, but it, it, it it's it's kind of geared to even up to like 12, 13 year old kids, and it won uh, an Emmy actually. This uh, this year, which is uh, really fantastic, mm-hmm. and um, for best for like best animated kids show, um, and we record all together. So it's me, it's Dorothy, I play Toto the dog, and then uh, um, and then there's um, I also play Pugmill, which is like, hey, you're not going anywhere. Um, and it's like my old he, landlord in Brooklyn. I don't know. Right. <laughs> Listen, Tom. That rent was due three weeks ago. <laughs> you don't get it to me. You're out in Ted Can Alley. Oh, um, my God. That's not so, getting flashbacks here. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. You're hitting, sorry. You're hitting close to the bone there, Chris. I don't know. I, I'm sorry about that. Yeah, we recorded that. And then also Justice League was, was recorded in the round, directed by the the uh, in, inimitable Andrea Romano, who is just 
It is amazing. Um, and so, yeah, it's kind of both video games. Most of the time, I would say like 95% of the time are recorded solo. Uh, ex- with the exception, I did uh, Medal of Honor Pacific Assault many years ago, and we were a platoon, and they, they brought us in like a platoon. I was the medic, and we recorded for about three weeks together, and we would go out to lunch as a platoon. It was kind of weird. It was like oh, we wow. started actually becoming a platoon. The gunner, the gunnery sergeant was kind of like, we'd look to him like, where do you want to go, Sarge? <laughs> Jesus, like Band of Brothers, huh? Yeah, which wow. was totally. It was that's a good that's a good uh, analogy. It was Band of Brothers, and then we would go to like you know on the border for some tacos, and uh, <laughs> you know we'd let him walk and you know walk us in the door, and yeah. Very so cool. it most it, it's a, it could be a solitary, definitely a solitary, um, you know, uh, career job, but. Um, but, but 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 you're working with people that are on the other side of the glass, and you have relationships with all of them, and so it's a family. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's like, oh, hey, Chris, which is one of the directors I work with. You know, I'm like, hey, man, it's good to see you again. He's like, oh, totally. I can't, you know, this is awesome. And you, you know, how's it going? How's the how's the koi pond? You know? Nice, nice, <laughs> nice. He has a koi pond. Um, so yeah, that's it's, yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's cool. Do you now, as far as your own sort of method or ritual do you have any way that you prepare before you're going into you know voice either a new character or one that you've done many times like george bush for you know you've done him on american dad and and uh, right. and family guy is there i mean are there method actors in the you know voiceover world oh, or not or? um right oh that's interesting um you know what what i what i do uh, every time i go in you know as I, as i'm driving in to the to the gig, depending on what it is. I mean, if it's something like with Family Guy, here's the thing: with Family Guy, what I do is I will do you know any number of guest star uh, roles. Um, well, for instance, last, last year, last year actually was one of my favorite ones. Where I had to play David Spade, yeah, all behind the, and like a behind the scenes thing about how Family Guy's written, yeah, and and I play the guy that comes in and starts takes over the part of Peter. Really fun. Um, so sometimes I'll practice in the car as I'm heading in. Other times, like with Glumshanks, for instance, like you said, it's a character that I knew. So by the second game, I like I knew this guy. I didn't have to worry about it. Once you get a character, I played Hawkeye in um, Avengers, Earth Mightiest Heroes, mm-hmm. and and I kind of came up with you know just they, they, they just kind of this cocky you know guy, and so I didn't have to do too much there. Um, and, you know, but I just kind of came up with this sort of. That was more of, um, I don't call it method acting, that was more of like a feel, had a feel for who he was. And then the vocal kind of came right with that. You know, I just kind of identified with his, with his point of view and his feelings, and then that kind of dictated the voice. Other times you start with the voice, and then you figure out who this person is. You kind of work your way in. Because right. you always got to have a character. You can never just go in with a voice. There's a lot of people... Talk, going back to what you were saying about getting the voiceover, there's a lot of people who are like, hey, I can do voices, I should do it. All I tell them is it's not about the voices you can do, it's about the acting you bring to the microphone. Interesting. And that's true. Yeah. That's yeah. always true. Yeah. I remember I remember there was a guy, he was like a he was a he was, was a, a guard at a like a security guard at one of the studio gates. And one of the executives, one of the promotional trailer executives that worked in the marketing department, they could drive him by him at the gate, and he'd be like Good morning, sir. How are you? And you hear this deep, baritone voice, and then the executive was finally like, hey, that guy should, you know, he's like, hey, you ever try voiceover? They brought him into the company I was interning at, mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And I, I knew after two minutes, I'm like, this is not going to work because he just he didn't have the acting chops. Right. He had a great he had a great voice, but he couldn't bring the words to life. You know, like Don LaFontaine, he had a great right. voice, and he was an incredible seller of the words. He just every word mattered when it came out of his mouth because he yeah. knew where the inflections could go, and it's, you know, mm-hmm. you can't beat that. Yeah. Hey, did did. Do you have a favorite voice actor now working or anybody that you'd like to work with but haven't yet? I mean, you mentioned Seth. Mm. He does, I think, Brian, and he does Peter, and, you know. He does. He does. Wag mag. He does that. Oh, very good. Oh, yeah, he does that. Oh, yeah, I mean, I do, I mean, I do, like, you know, my half, whatever you want to call it, three-quarter imitations of all, like, any of the shows I do, I also do the imitations of the characters you know, because they're just fun characters. I mean, yeah, you know, yeah. Peter, Peter Griffin. Peter Griffin is one of the greatest characters in the history of animation. You know, <laughs> um, but but you know, when Seth does it, you're like, oh, that's Peter Griffin. <laughs> yeah, right. That's Chris doing a that's Chris doing another guy doing another guy doing. Um, uh, no, but there's yeah, you know, there's so many great ones. I mean, you know, there's the legends. There's the yeah. guys like Bill, you know, Billy West. I mean, he's. Unreal. I don't know if you're aware of who Billy West is. I don't know. Yeah, who is he? You've what heard was... him. He was Ren, he was Ren and Stimpy. <laughs> Let's put it that oh, way. Oh, okay. Okay. He used to be he used to be on the Howard Stern show and really those years where he was on the Howard Stern show was in the mid nineties. You know, it was during the whole O. J. trial and debacle and he he was doing and he used to do a Marge shot impression in person. Oh, he was a, he was an incredible mimic. Incredible mimic. And um and he's now, and, and he's a, so many characters on Futurama, and um, yeah, so he's, you know, someone that I admire for his just absolute, just, you know, breadth of his work is pretty stunning. Right. Uh, Maurice LaMarche, another guy that I um, always thought was really great. I got a chance to work with him very early on in my career. He's a real nice, real nice guy. Um, yeah, I mean, there's just, I, I mean, it's just. But at the same time, you know, those guys that you got, they're the headline guys on some level. But then, you know, just the, just the everyday working guy, I respect the hell out of them because they're bringing it to the table every day. And they're, you know, uh, you know, ca- carrying the lunch pail in and putting it yeah. down, you know, right. going up to the microphone and, uh, and, and doing, doing their thing. Yeah. Right. No, that's, yeah, that's great. I mean, what, what advice would you give? to someone wishing to break into the VO biz. I mean, you kind of mentioned, which I thought was a really good quote, you know, don't, you know, don't just work on voices, work on the acting, which is really great. I think I, I probably a lot of people miss that, but that's, the, that's the first and foremost, I would say. And, and I would say you don't necessarily have to come out to LA, but listen, this is where it's at. I mean, still, even in the, even in the age of, the digital revolution and there's people recording from home, you know, you can do audiobooks and you can do other sorts of, um, sub sort of niche work. One guy that I know, his name's Tom Kane. He's really a, a, a great voice actor. And, you know, he lives in can- like Kansas city. I think he moved, he lived out in LA, but he, he got his career started and yeah. then he's like, Hey, you know, he was from there. He wanted to go back. Right. And, he, he has such end that, that they'll hire him out of it. But for right, the most part, he was a go-to guy. So. He, he was a go-to guy. He still is. And he does a lot of the, you know, the wonderful world of Disney. And he does all those kind of things. Yeah. And uh, he does all those kind of things. You know, he's, um, he's on his voice that was stuck in the 
these people that they think they're so good with their voices and that they can come out here and all of a sudden they're going to step in front of a microphone <laughs> and they're going to know exactly what to say and how to act. But I can tell you this, I never had to worry about the acting. All I had to worry about was the muscles and looking right into the camera <laughs> to say, you know, I'll be back and, uh, you know, and all this stuff. Um, keep it time. Be patient. It's not going to happen overnight. When I first got an agent, I... Um, I, I basically was like, hey, I want a cartoon, and I want it now, you know? <laughs> like, um, <laughs> Daddy, can I have a cartoon? Um, and so, so, but it took like 10 months, and when I got it, my agent was like, hey, you got a, a cartoon. And I, and I was like, was that fast enough? He's like, are you kidding me? <laughs> like, I was like, did I, do it, did I do it right? Like, I don't know. I just had unrealistic expectations. So I've been in the boat, and I'm telling people about it. I learned from it. So also another great, probably the best site you can go to. Mm-hmm. I want to be a voice actor. How literal is that? I want to be a voice actor.com. It is, it is a site by another talented guy that I would put in that list that I was mentioning before. His name is D. Bradley Baker. He plays uh, the fish in American Dad, the goldfish. Right. Yeah. And he he was asked this question, as all of us who are working in the business are asked, hey, I want to do that. How do I do it? And he put together one of the most thorough sites that gives you every angle, answers every question. And if you go to that site and come away from that going, well, I don't know how to do this, then you should probably – consider a different <laughs> yeah <laughs> right it's it, it's paint by numbers man and it's, wow. and it's on point yeah so hey i wanted that's to what ask you no i said that's all great advice thanks so much for the specificity too that's always helpful mm-hmm. um i wanted to ask you you do some um adr voice matching uh which to people out there sort of the you know, the, the the quick and dirty of it is that if a movie or show or trailer needs a line from an actor who isn't available, they might bring in you to kind of do the line in that actor's voice. And yes. Now, can you tell us, like, how, how does, not how does it work, but maybe who are the people you've had to match, uh, if you can, any of the actors? Or... Sure. Um, well, I, the quick, I mean, it's really easy to tell you how it works. There's no, there's no <laughs> secret, you know, magic thing. They have, uh, you know, they have the, a section of film or mm-hmm. sections. Maybe they want three or four lines replaced. Mm-hmm. They put it up on a big screen. Like I was telling you earlier about the guy that was watching the family guy on the big screen at the, at the um, studio. You go into a, a sound stage. Mm-hmm. They play it. It goes beep, beep, beep. And those three beeps are what prepare you to know when you're supposed to come in. Mm-hmm. You're watching. You're watching the screen. You're seeing the actor. You're not hearing him necessarily. You can, if you want it. Sometimes I say, yeah, go ahead and play his lines. Like Bradley Cooper, go ahead and play his lines. This one of the ones I did. Play his lines up into the point where I'm going to come in. So then you're hearing like his lines and the beats, and that shows you you got to have some focus because you're like hearing yeah. beep beep. Well, anyway, what do you want to do? Beep beep. <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then you, and then the, the audio goes away, and then you're just matching his lip flap and you know for 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 bradley um you know again that was a lot of times it'll be someone who's sort of it's different than an impression i always tell people that right there's there's a, there's a um i did george bush for the movie recount ah. and i will tell you that i had a a lampoon version of him which is like hey what are you doing over there listen here i'm president of the united states i do what i want you know, that was kind of like exaggerated. I made it more of like a Dana Carvey-esque character. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
But when you're doing ADR, it's not about that. It's about capturing someone. So, like, I just did, it's not capturing exactly who they are, so you can't tell the difference. And when you, and the, 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 the sweetest spot you can hit is when you've done such a good job, they'll play it back as they always do. So you deliver the line. They have to kind of edit it together because you're not always exactly perfect frame on, you know, because you're doing it right in the moment. Right. So they'll kind of they'll kind of take some air out of it, make sure it really matches the lips, and they'll play it back. And sometimes, I mean, this has maybe happened to me a handful of times over the years I've done it. They'll play it back, and you're just sort of distracted and whatever, and then you don't know. I'm not kidding. You want you don't know that wow. which parts you and which parts the other wow. guy, and that's that's happened to me like probably three times. I mean. It's a, now, you can also probably blame that on the pot that I smoked in the <laughs> session. Literally, with a bomb. No. The um, cannabis room. That's where they yes, do it. Yes, the cannabis room. Oh. No, but that's a pretty cool feeling when you do that. But that's the difference, you know. And so, like, I'm doing this Arnold for you. That's sort of an in-between. Like, I, like, but I could, if I got in there, you know, I would really be able to sort of take it out of the realm of the, you know, the choke. And all of a sudden, you're, you're not, you know, you're not choking around. You're really trying to match Arnold's voice. And they get because, you know, when he was governor, he was more subdued. He tried to be a statesman and want to make sure that, you know, yeah, we're, cov- we're, we're protecting the environment, but we're also, you know, we're putting the taxes down and all this stuff. You know, you know what I mean? Like, I, right. I could, I pretty much could tell you this. I was having to match him. It would be a different version, and I would find it in the room. Right. Sometimes you you go in. When I went in to do recount as George Bush, mm-hmm. they needed it to be. It was George Bush making phone calls to Al Gore, and that was a really interesting situation. It, they filmed it with a with a lookalike, but they uh-huh. didn't film him from the front. They filmed him from three quarters the side of his face and from behind, because they knew. They wanted the look of the actor, but the actor couldn't bring the voice. Right. And right. so it was an unusual situation. I've never had that before or after. So I was, it was like I was sharing a performance with the George Bush on screen. Um, and so I had to really make sure that, you know, it's like, um, you, know, you know, it was like the, they did the, the whatever, the, cons, what is it called, conciliatory call? Oh, yeah, you know, conciliatory when, call. When, you know, when Gore called and said, well, I can't. I guess I'll, the concession call, I guess I'll concede. And then Bush says, or I'll, I'll have to retract my concession. And, you know, and then Bush said, what do you mean retract? <laughs> so I did like that, you know, like, what do you mean? What do you mean retract? You can't retract it. My brother's, uh, you know, Governor of Florida, he told me I won, you know. Um, so it was a more serious, serious right. thing. So there are usually, there's an impression I will do, and then there's a voice match version, which is, it's different for sure. Right. Hey, so what are you working on right now that uh, you'd like to talk about a little bit? Anything? Well, I um, yeah, a few things. Um, I did. So I talked about um, Skylanders, and it was really interesting when they when they did the cartoon. They they kind of went. They sort of cast. You know, listen, this happens sometimes. They cast names for the roles. In other words, you know, bigger on-screen actors that people will recognize their names and so forth. So. Sadly, my character of Glumshanks went to, God bless him, he's one of my favorite comedians, Norm MacDonald. Um, God be with him, and I, I, you know, I, I have no ill will. I mean that very sincerely. Now, on the day that I heard about it, <laughs> was, I, was I happy? I was like, what's up? And then, you know, then you kind of go, you know what? Dude, that's just what it is out here. Yeah. You just can never, you just, it's the weirdest business. I can tell you it's so weird. And I'm, for the most part, other than my verbosity, I'm a fairly grounded guy. 
Um, and, and my insane riffs is Jeff Goldblum and Arnold Schwarzenegger. But, um, you know, with, with, um, with uh, that show, they turned it into that game, they turned it into a cartoon. So they did the cartoon version, and I play uh, Bombshell. So, and it's just entered, gosh, I think it's third season. And, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a, a, a fun character. He's a little, he's a trip. He sort of talks like um, from, from uh, Gilligan's Island, you know, um, Lovey. You know, whatever. What's that guy? What was that Thurston guy? Thurston Howell the Third. Jim Backus. Yeah, of course. Yeah, Jim Backus. Cool. Thurston Howell the Third. It's sort of a cross between him and the guy from Magnum P.I., you know. Okay. Um, oh, John Hillerman. Yeah. Right. John Hillerman. There you go. Who I actually played in Family Guy once. Yeah. Uh, oh, that was a great thing. You did that? That was very funny. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Because I know what I was talking. And that was a fun thing that doesn't happen often. You play both characters in the scene. I was playing Tom Selleck, and I was playing John Hillerman. And he said, you know, you know. What's your name? You know, uh, Higgins. What's your name? Uh, Higgins. And then he slaps, you know, he slaps him. What's your name? Oh, Tattoo. He made him be Tattoo from Fantasy <laughs> Island, you know. Just the, the, you know, the subservient little sidekick. Yeah, right. right. Um, so, yeah, so I did that. The Netflix show Lost in Oz is in its uh, second season. That's streaming now. It's just, I can't say enough about it. It's, or it's, it's actually its first season, but the second season will be coming up very soon. It's just a beautifully animated show. It's such a positive show. Like, it, it's so uplifting. It's very, it's like a female empowerment show. It's a, it's a derivation. It's not Wizard of Oz. It's, it's, it's a different tale about Dorothy. If, if, you know, she went back to Oz, like, it's very hard to explain, but it's very good. Yeah. Um, and, and then um, other video game things. Um, and then let's see, there's... Um, more Family Guy stuff. More Family yeah. Guy stuff will be coming, and uh, and some other video game things. I did something for Netflix, which I'm sorry I can't talk about. That's another thing. Okay. NDAs, non-disclosure agreements, uh, all everywhere. Mm-hmm. Can't talk about them. Wouldn't do it. Wouldn't be prudent. Um, that's such a hackneyed thing. I'm so psychologized. So that was my childhood. Like when I first learned it, it was really cool to be able when I was 13 to go into the class and be able to be like, I'll do geometry. Wouldn't be prudent. I got to don't care about isosceles. Parallelogram doesn't matter. Right triangle. I'm in the right wing, not the right triangle. Um, not gonna, not gonna grope, not gonna grope you. <laughs> oh no! Wait a minute. I think I can hear John me. back there. Oh, I'm oh, just disappointed. Funny. Why? Why older George Bush that I loved? Why? Why is it groping you too? Is it? It's at this point. At this point, I think we got to just start. Naming people that don't do it. Uh, yeah, I think we're getting to that era in, in this country. I, uh, I, can, uh, I can tell you this. As far as I know, now this is me. As far as I know, in my business, on the microphone side, I have not heard of a, a major or, or, or sort of, you know, middle class voice actor who has been called out. It's for, you know, for do, for doing that, you know. Well, you know, Chris, they, lock, they lock us in a booth, so. Well, they lock you in a booth, and, you know, come on. It, it wouldn't make the news cycle. It'd be like, who is no. this person? You know, I mean, no, you know, no. your anonymity <laughs> preserves you. I, you know. God, it protects me from all crime. I cannot commit a crime. <laughs> I am untouchable. I'm an untouchable. You've been listening to the Modern Times Magazine Hooray for Hollywood podcast starring Tom Johnson. To reach Tom, visit moderntimesmagazine.com and click on Contact Us. Join Tom in January for another interview with one of Hollywood's finest.